Welcome to Tell Me Some More with me, your host, Dr. Shiva, clinical psychologist and curious human about all things emotions, relationships, connection, and growth. My mission is to help you in improving your self-confidence and your relationships, both with yourself as well as with others, and to increase your awareness around the topics that actually matter in order to live an intentional, fulfilling life. Each week, I'll be releasing one episode that will either be a solo session with me or a conversation with an expert in a different field. While I hope that you find this information helpful, it's not intended to be a substitute for mental health or medical treatment or professional advice. Now let's get curious and help you to have more of the life and the relationships that you desire and so deserve. Enjoy everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tell Me Some More with Dr. Shiva. I am so thrilled about this episode that I have um, to share with you all. I've done a collaboration with Dr. Morgan Anderson, who is a licensed psychologist and a really close friend of mine. And so we decided really last minute that it would be fun to get together in a studio in person to do a podcast recording together. So we talk about all things relationships, dating in this day and age, attachment styles, self-confidence, showing up more authentically. Um, It's just a really fun hopefully informative conversation. Um, You'll get a good sense of who we are. Um, We'll share a little bit more about our histories and just our professional experiences in this realm of dating and relationships. Um, I cannot wait for you all to hear it. Um, I will share more information about today's episode in the show notes so you can connect with both Dr. Morgan and I, but we are so excited about this and we'll be doing many more collaborations hopefully in the future, Um, but I hope you enjoy it. I hope you laugh a bit maybe learn a thing or two about how to show up most authentically for you, regardless of if you're single in a relationship and how to have more of those relationships that you're ultimately wanting. And you know, this is something that I'm huge on. So how to really be able to support yourself. So I hope that you enjoy and also stay tuned because in the coming weeks, I'll be doing a deeper dive with Dr. Morgan on attachment styles and the different types of attachment styles and how they may be showing up within your romantic relationships. Alrighty, everyone will stay tuned and enjoy. Bye everyone. All right. Welcome everyone to a very special episode. This is a collab episode between the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with myself, Dr. Morgan and tell me some more with Dr. Shiva. I'm so excited about this. (laughs) I am so excited. For those of you who don't know, Shiva is my friend in real life. We have been friends for quite a while now. Back in the day, we did postdoc together. Yes, we did postdoc at UCSD. Yeah. We were just reminiscing about a presentation that we did together there. Yeah, we were actually talking, we we did a presentation on effective communication, was it? Yes. Assertive communication. Yes, yes. And how far we've come and we both focus so much on communication. (laughs) I love it. Yes, (laughs) yes. Dr. Shiva, you have taught me so much about assertiveness the feeling is mutual. <laughs> <laughs> and what what I love about you is just your openness about your own journey and how much you talk about confidence and being able to communicate well and how that helps you have great relationships. Oh, thank you so much. No, yeah, I think we're both very much aligned on just the importance of like focusing on yourself, feeling really assertive, confident, empowered to like 
have the relationships that we want. Um, so I admire yes. that in you too. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Um, but I would love to talk with you just more about confidence. Let's talk about, I know we like both love talking about relationships. So what can we do better? We're all like, we're both really huge on like self growth and yes. empowering other women. Um, so what comes, I'm curious, like when you think about ways to be more confident in a romantic relationship, what are some things that maybe you think about or consider? Yeah, I think one of the things that people get wrong is they'll base their self-worth or their Mm -hmm. self-confidence in someone else Mm -hmm. and how someone else is treating them, right? Like, especially if you're dating, you're going to get rejected. Yeah. So if you are connecting your self-worth with you being rejected, that is not going to go well. So for me, it's all about you have to take ownership, right? It's like you're not outsourcing your self-worth. Yeah. You're you're creating daily routines for yourself that help you build confidence within yourself. Right. And not expecting it's like, oh, he didn't text me back today. So that must mean I did I'm not wrong. good enough. Right. right? It's right. like this is this is the journey, girl. Like taking ownership, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, I love that because I feel like someone who can, for me, like someone who can take that accountability, can take that re- responsibility in any relationship. Mm-hmm. I feel like that within itself demonstrates such confidence because there's vulnerability in acknowledging that, hey, maybe I didn't do something perfectly and yet I'm still good and I'm yes. still desired and I'm still worthy Um, which I know you also just focus so much on, but I think there's just this like power in owning our own stuff and our own journey and being okay with how it may come across to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you and I both talk about this. I think we would say to the audience that a relationship, a good, healthy relationship is actually going to make you more yourself. Yeah. So I think like a sign that you're feeling confident and you're in healthy relationships is when it's adding value and you're showing up even more authentically. Yeah. I love that. No showing. That's so I focus a ton on, which I know similar. I mean, we're so similar in so many ways. I think we approach it in our own unique ways of how to have those healthier relationships. Um, but I'm all about like being more your authentic self, being more intentional. Um, and you're so right. I think a sign of confidence is when you can be more authentically you. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, you know, what comes up for me is, and a lot of my friends and family members will laugh at this. And you know this, but just like, I think I'm huge on communication. And I think that's how you communicate things that's most important, but like still communicating what's true for you. So when I think about self-confidence, I think a part of it is like owning ourselves, but also feeling comfortable in expressing who we are, our needs, what we're looking for, our desires with other people. It's so true. It's it's so, so true. And I think you and I both love assertiveness, yeah. assertive communication. <laughs> this has changed my life. I know it's changed your life, yeah. too. Yeah. I want to talk about the pizookie with you at BJ's. <laughs> you totally can. I mean, who knows? You know what the funny thing is, Morgan, is so... Um, you know, Morgan's mentioning an experience many years ago where she viewed me as being so assertive, yes. but I feel like, you know, I, I have to tell them the experience. Yeah, please okay. do. We were at the restaurant. We did not have good service at this restaurant <laughs> and I had just gotten to know you. It was like brand new and knowing right. each other. And 
you made sure that they knew that the service wasn't good. And I remember I was so inspired by you. And like, then we got the free dessert. Kindly, kindly, I communicated. But yes. It was kindly. It was kind and it was direct. <gasps> yeah. And we got this awesome free dessert. And I was like, I need to be more like Shiva. And you know what's so <laughs> funny is I actually, especially then, I didn't even see myself as being this assertive person. Like, of course, I recognize what you're talking about. But I'm like, you know, it just goes to show like how we're oftentimes perceived in such different ways. Like, you know, often yes. people are able to see things in us that just feel so differently than what I felt internally. I felt yes. like, oh, I need to be even more assertive or I need to, you know, s- speak up more and all of these things. But well, and I think one thing I know is true that just because you're assertive at a restaurant yeah. doesn't mean that's how totally. you show up with your family, your friends, that's your true. your partner. Right. So that's it's like, true. I think a lot of people feel assertive in certain areas of yeah. their life. Yeah. But yeah, you nailed it at the yeah, restaurant. Yeah, with my dessert <laughs> and the food. <laughs> I was quite comfortable being assertive. Yes. Um, but I think I think for the audience, I think what I would hope that people take away is, you know, similar to what you said, assertiveness, you may feel super confident expressing your needs, your desires in one area of your life and struggle in maybe other areas of your life. And also, I think the great news is that if you can start practicing those same skills in those other areas, like with time and practice and like maybe unlearning some beliefs about what we have as to what it may mean to be assertive in certain areas, like you can strengthen that skill. It's like any other muscle, right? Like we were talking about this today of like just so many ways that you've become so much more assertive. And and for me too, in areas that I couldn't even imagine being assertive in, um, so I think if, I, I hope that people know, like, even if you're like, oh, I wish I could be more assertive or like I, you know, there are areas that I just don't feel comfortable at all. Or I second quite like question myself, um, transfer that same muscle and that. Other yes. Area. I love that you mentioned beliefs yeah. because I think that's so key. I think yeah. about beliefs about relationships. Yeah. And it's easy for people to confuse assertiveness with aggressiveness. Yeah, totally. They they think that they're being aggressive when actually they're just being assertive. Yeah. Because if we if we understand assertive communication, it really is my needs matter and your needs matter, right? Yeah. I want to understand your needs and I want you to understand mine. Yeah. And what a beautiful way to be, right? Totally. It's like I win and you win. Like we're both yes. winners here. And I yes. think, um, yeah, when assertive communication is done right, right? Like it's direct, it's clear, and it's kind, right? And you're yes. thinking about that other person's experience as well. Um, you know, when you said beliefs and just like the thoughts that we have um, and how the fact that it, you know, it feels aggressive. I, I want to acknowledge, I think early on in someone's journey, it may still feel aggressive for you, yes. right? Like when you're being assertive, because it feels foreign, like yes. I'm now expressing my needs in ways that I've never. And I think when it's done right, of course, checking in with yourself to like, make sure that like, you know, feels comfortable to a certain extent, but I think when it's done right with time, like that foreign feeling will feel less and less. It will feel more natural. Um, Absolutely. That's what I've seen in my own experience. And also with just with clients, I think it takes yeah. some time. And I, and I do think when you address the core beliefs of yeah. realizing, oh, I am worthy of taking up space. Yeah. I am worthy of expressing my needs. I'm worthy of being in relationships where people are curious yeah. about my needs. Right. And when you develop those core beliefs, that supports you. And right. being more assertive as well. 
and people in relationships when people respond appropriately to your needs, especially when they're different than theirs. I feel like yes, that's so key. It is. Yeah. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. No, I love that. I think tuning in, I'm like huge on tuning into the stories that we tell ourselves and being curious about it for ourselves. Like what is the story that I have around relationships, but also similar to what you said of like the stories about who I am, what it means to ask for something additional, what it means to express needs. Um, I think so often those stories just come from maybe childhood experiences Mm -hmm. or things that were passed on to us or just our own discomfort in taking up that space or maybe upsetting someone. Um, so I would, yeah, I, I think it's really important to just be curious. And I think I just do see that as like a foundational part of being able to feel confident in authentic, authentically showing up. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that's the only way we know what relationships are right for us. Yeah. Because I always think it's like, why would you want to be with someone if you can't be your authentic self with that person? So you have to be assertive. You have to express your needs, show up authentically. And then that's how you gather the data on who is right Right. for you. If you're being a chameleon in all your relationships, you're not going to find the right person because you're not showing up authentically. So this is why people always say it's that cliche of like work on yourself first. That's what I was going to say. I was going to, it's, yeah, it's coming back to you, but also it's like, you know, you getting to know, like if, if, if you're unsure of like who your authentic self is, like, who am I? What do I like? What is my limit? You know, what are my boundaries? I think it's really being curious with yourself and like, it's some trial and error that you do to really get to know yourself in different situations. And I think in that process, like to your earlier point, we will be rejected. Like when we're authentic, like in a lot of, of course, rejection is hard, but I also think that's giving you information of like, well, I was showing up as me. Yeah. And if this didn't work out, then great. Like I can now go to and be me and see it may work out with someone else. Right. Yeah. And the growth edge for everyone listening, the growth edge here is when you're rejected, being able to reframe and say, thank goodness. I have that information that that relationship isn't right for me. The dating space is now cleared and I can go on and I can date other people. So I think that's like the biggest growth area is how you respond to rejection. It it truly is redirection to what is meant for you. Yeah. And and when we, back to self-confidence, when we haven't outsourced our self-worth, we can do that so much more easily. Right. Like, I know I'm enough and this relationship wasn't right for me. Yeah. Both of those can be true. Yeah. And I think, and I, and I'm huge on, you know, always just being curious and coming back to yourself of like, you know, if there was, maybe you did feel like you were authentic and you were still like, we've all had probably, I mean, I'll talk about my own experience. Like we've, and I would have, I'm sure you, you know probably, why she was, yeah, you know, you probably agree to this, but, I, <laughs> but I'm sure there've been instances like for both of us where we've been authentic and it, the person maybe has rejected us or hasn't worked out and it's yeah. been super upsetting, right? Of like, course. It's like it's still disappointing. That doesn't mean like, I, I, I that's a piece that I want to take, that I hope we communicate is like, it can still feel disappointing. Yes. Also, you know, even that can be information to us, right? Like, yes. was there a part of me that maybe, I want to fine tune. I want to show up differently. Was there a part of me as to like, 
what did I find disappointing about this experience? What did, what can I take away? Like, what was what was I attracted to that yes. makes this experience oh disappointing? God. I have a Dr. Morgan quote for you. Tell me. <laughs> there, <laughs> oh, I love that. Like, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no failure in dating. There's only learning. And that's true. Honey, that that is just in. I love that because that's just in life. I feel like you know I've been focusing <laughs> a lot on this idea of failing. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if we can just see, you know, there may be experiences we wish we didn't have. And yet, is there information that we can take? And maybe yes. the information is, I wish I didn't have it. But like, <laughs> like you know, yeah. I, I don't want to like positively reframe everything. But I do agree with you. I think in so many situations, it can give us information and learning. Yes. And something that helps us to show up as us. Moving yes, forward. absolutely. Yeah. And I, I know for me, there's always, well, I guess... In healthy breakups. Yeah. Because I've been in, I, I've been in the place where I did not handle breakups well. Right. Okay. Right. Like, we, have, we all have. We all have been there. Um, <laughs> but in healthy breakups, there is always the grieving, the mourning. Yeah. You know, you talked about like you have to feel the feelings. Right. And then when we do that well, I feel like we're able to release and then just realign with, with the version of us that is ready for love, like yeah. much more quickly. But if you don't feel it, right, it's just going to come out sideways. And yeah. You're going to probably want to like, you, you'll like sh- shut yourself off to love in different ways because you're like scared of it. So anyways, all that to say, as someone who's done it in a healthy way, not healthy, it is so important to feel through, make right. space for the grieving, you know. And be curious and compassionate with it. Curious yourself. and compassionate. And, yeah. And do things that are going to support you. You know what I was thinking of when you were talking is, um, what came up for me is just values. Right? Yes. Like, um, it, Ooh, let's talk about go, that. Yeah. Allowing yourself to go through that process, but also see who am I trying to be in life? Like, who do I want to be in relationships? Who do I want to be day in and day out? Um, and I think that the more I've gotten into values work, like for myself with clients, it's, that can just serve in motivating us and helping us in our decision-making, right? Like yes. if I know, who it is that I'm wanting to be or the life that I want to have, the romantic life, then when those, the rejection, when the, you know, arguments, all of those, the breakups happen, then I still have this like compass to help in guiding. Yes. Oh, I always talk about this, that you have to build your securely attached identity. Yeah. That's what I call it. And yeah, when you have that as your North star, And I'll tell clients, you want to know how do you want to feel in relationships? Like mm, that's, that's so your good. North Star, right? And you can look at a relationship and say, well, how did I feel there? You know, is is that what my ideal relationship looks like? Yeah. And then the idea is that we move closer and closer to that. Yeah. And I always, and this is kind of corny. I don't know what you'll think about this. Uh-oh. I feel like you'll be on board. Uh-oh. <laughs> Tell me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My clients, when they're like, you know, they're really wanting to find their person and yeah. maybe they're losing a little bit of hope. I'll tell them like, hey, let's write a letter mm-hmm. to your person. Like, oh, we know they're out you. there. We know they're looking for you. Yeah. Right? You exist, so they exist. So, I just think it can help our brain if if we just write them a letter. And, yeah. You know, I you could say, that. I hate this dating thing. I wish I had already found you. Oh, that's, that's so <laughs> Dr. Morgan, you're such a romantic. Look at you. That's so cute. No, I love that, actually. No, you're right. I feel like 
it sort of goes back to, yes, the values piece, but like redirecting our energy, right? Yes. Redirecting our energy and our thought process. And I know we both focus a ton on this, but like the ways that we think, the meanings that we associate to situations yes. about ourselves, about the relationships, working or not working, have a significant impact on what we do, right? And yes. so I love that because you're redirecting your attention towards where they're ultimately wanting to get to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm thinking about how I know when I was going through breakups in my twenties and I was a hot mess and I was like on the floor Mm. crying my eyes out, eating Ben and Jerry's and like playing the sad love songs on repeat. Right. Like the story I would tell myself is that I wasn't good enough in some way that if, Oh, if only I had done something different. Right. And it's like, what about the reality and this is my favorite word for this is capacity. Yeah. What about people who just didn't have the capacity yeah. to show up and be a good partner and build secure attachment, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I call it like a plastic plant relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like all the plastic plants I cried over, it's like they couldn't grow even if they wanted to. Yeah. But then I was making it mean something about me, right? right. So I love like, in our 30s now, yeah. you know, like looking back and being like, hey, like actually for me, there was a lot of people that just didn't have the capacity yeah. to grow. Yeah. There's it's like as yeah, as much as you may have tried or wanted them to grow, it's just, you know. Yeah. Putting it in sunlight, dancing for it, watering yeah. it, giving it fertilizer, doing all the things, you know, and it's like, no, it just can't grow. Even, and it's like, that's, it's funny because, you know what, I mean, not funny, but what comes to mind for me is like, I feel like when we, you know, about relationships, right? Like I've been focusing a lot and also on my podcast, I uh, had an episode where I was talking about like the difference between settling versus compromise, yes. right? And I feel like, you know, a lot of times we'll, I know I've been in situations where I'm like, am I settling or compromising? I know people will ask me this. And like, I feel like this example that you've given is like, when we're trying so hard to get this outcome from this other person, right? Like you're putting all this effort, you're putting all this energy to change that person's experience. Like, I feel like that within itself, right? Is information. We may not realize it in that moment, right? But when you take a step back, it's like, there, that person should come in with some capacity, some availability to be able mm-hmm. to, does that make sense? Oh, like, it does. Yeah. Like yeah some absolutely. availability um, to meet you where you're at. Yes. So it doesn't, so it feels like, okay, this is team effort and we're both equally focused on this plant growing, right? Or whatever, oh, yeah. right? The relationship yeah, the growing. relationship growing, um, yeah. And that's a whole other topic too, which I don't know if you relate to this, but I know like myself, I was just very comfortable in the caregiver role and the person doing the emotional labor. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, it was always like, that was my comfort zone. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. I think it's like, um, just in the profession that we're in, at least for me, I think, you know, (laughs) we're supportive. Do you ever think about like, if only you could have billed the people for the therapy hours, the people that you dated. I mean, I hate to say it, but sometimes, girl, oh my gosh, the so thought funny. crosses my mind. Like send them an invoice. Oh, yeah, all these years XO, later. Dr. Morgan. <laughs> Minus XO. But <laughs> no, that is so funny. No, I mean, I think, but I think that's the, you know, and this is why I love that we're both doing the work that we're doing because I think 
these are the years of like looking back and the experiences that we have of like, you know, a big part of it is knowing, like being aware of like, what are healthy traits? What, what, what is compromising? What is settling? All of these things, what should I be looking for? But I think a big part of it is also looking at ourselves and seeing like, who am I? How do I show up? Is this aligned with, you know, not only the relationship that I want to have, but is also, is this aligned with attracting and bringing in that person that I want to attract and be with. Um, Because I could totally relate. I think a lot of times when I even look back on my own experiences, it's like the ways I was showing up, even though they were always really well-intentioned and supportive, Mm -hmm. I don't think allowed for me to experience or have the experiences that I was wanting and for that person to show up in the ways that I was wanting. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. Yeah, but... And I think it's also... And oh man, I guess I'm analyzing myself here. (laughs) It's like... It's like a form of avoidant attachment. Yeah. yeah. Because if I'm taking care of you, then you don't have to take care of me. Totally. You don't have to know my stuff. Totally. That That is true. Well, tell us. Okay. So share. Uh, <laughs> so I know you focus a ton on attachments, but what are the main attachments? Obviously, I'm familiar, but I would love to hear from the experts. Tell me the main attachments. <laughs> okay. You're um, so sweet. I know you know all these, but yes, for, for the audience, yeah. we'll go into it. Yeah. Tell me. Um, okay. So we have Anxious attachment style, avoidant attachment style, disorganized and secure. And secure is where we all want to be. Yes. I love talking about secure attachment. Um, But anxious, just to sum it up, is where you're placing the relationship above yourself, essentially. Um, And this looks like maybe sending those 17 text messages. (laughs) You're not getting a response. and. You know, yeah, <laughs> we, we've all been there. I was going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Catastrophizing, right? Like um, if you don't hear from them, you're like, oh, maybe they met somebody new. Like right. you're always like thinking about how the relationship could end. And then oftentimes really connected to fear of abandonment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What would you add to anxious attachment? Yeah. I mean, I think those are the main things of just, you know, constant need for reassurance. Yes. Really a lot of fear of, um, you know, what will, it's what, what comes up to mind for me is like out of sight, out of mind and fearing. Like if I'm not yes. there, like what does that mean? Um, and I think there's a constant need in addition to just the reassurance of like the approval of the, you know, confirmation that this person is interested in me in whatever ways that they may show it. I love, thank you, because one way I like to explain this is with anxious attachment, it's like you have a reassurance bucket and the bucket has holes in it. Mm. No matter how much reassurance your partner gives you, it doesn't really land. Yeah. You don't internalize it. So yeah, it's a lot of asking for it over and over. Right. Yeah. And I think in general with reassurance, I mean, I feel like you bring up a great point because I feel like when we're constantly outsourcing, right? Like I need that reassurance from these other people or whatever, maybe not even just related to our romantic lives. Oftentimes it doesn't land, right? Like it doesn't land. And I think that can be even just information of like, I just need more reassurance from me. Like I need to feel more secure. Like how do I provide myself that reassurance? Because I feel like, when we outsource so much, it gives that relief, right? And then it's another form of avoidance, really. Yeah. It's disempowering because if you think about it, really, you know yourself best. Like, you know what kind of reassurance you need. Yeah. And if you're not learning how to give it to yourself, you're not going to be able to articulate it well 
to your partner. Yeah. Because you don't even really know. Like, right. So I, this is why I love self-soothing. Yeah. This is a whole other episode, girl. Yeah, I know. I, I, other... Sorry. I, I totally, no, I love it, though. Yeah, it was like I took us in another. No, but it's yeah. good. That is it's really important for people to understand, especially with anxious attachment. Yeah. The growth area is how do I self-soothe? Mm, yeah. Right. How do I, you know, learn how to accept the reassurance from my partner? Right. Um, yeah. And let that be. Yeah. So how about avoid it? Okay. So avoidant attachment, you are prioritizing yourself above the relationship. And then this is a lot of times fear of intimacy. Um, a lot of times it's difficult to sustain a close relationship right. for long periods of time. So this person, you go on a great date with them and then maybe you don't hear from them for two weeks. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's like when the intimacy it's like it develops and you feel even closer to that person. That's when they usually will withdraw, right? Yes. They're withdrawing when yeah. that closeness is really strong. Which can be so difficult when you're on the receiving end of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I find with avoidant attachment, it's not that they don't want relationships yeah. or that they don't want intimacy. A lot of times they have beliefs that yeah. they're not a good partner. They're going to let the other person down. Yeah. Um, or that that person is going to depend on them too much. Okay. So fears of losing themselves, fears sure. of losing their independence. Yeah. yeah. And this is like the stereotypical um, person who's like career driven. We see this show up. They'll say, I'm just building my career right now. Yeah. I don't have time, you know, and it's like, actually right. a great relationship really Support. supports yeah. you yeah. in your career. Yes. Right? <laughs> I'm calling myself out. I mean, this was me for a long period of time. No, I could for sure really. I mean, I think I, I want to like, you know, of course there are times where we're more heavily focused on one area, but you're right. I feel like there's always now being much older. I'm like, oh, I wish I would have prioritized all areas of my life that were so yeah. meaningful. And our relationships are such a huge part of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. No, I agree with you. Yeah. So anxious avoidant and then disorganized. Yes. Which also is known as fearful yeah. avoidant. And this is where you have both anxious and avoidant strategies happening right. simultaneously. This is that push pull. I always think of the Katy Perry song, Hot and Cold. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I won't sing it. Yeah. I could. <laughs> Maybe Shiva wants to sing it. I'm so good. <laughs> I was like, where is she about to go with this? <laughs> oh, but please do share. So you think about Katy Perry. I do. The hot, you know, you're hot and you're cold. Yes and you're no. Um, and this is just a really confusing attachment style, right? And yeah. it's it's highly correlated with childhood trauma. Sure. A lot of instability in relationships where somebody's really present with you and then they're totally out. Um, yeah. So about 5% of the population. Yeah. Okay. Not and, as common. Right. And then the obviously secure is where we're all trying to get. Yes. To. Let's talk about secure. Yeah. Tell us all. Tell us all about. Secure. I want to hear your definition too, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Securely attached is where your needs matter and your partner's needs matter, where you can co-create a healthy relationship together and you both really value the intimacy and you value the relationship and you also are two individuals and take care of yourselves as individuals. This is where you can set boundaries. You have assertive communication. Right. Relationships feel good, right? If there is a rupture, repair happens quickly. Yeah. Um, relationships add value to your life. 
So I think secure is where, where we all want to be. Totally. I, I think what comes up for me in addition to what you shared is like, there's a trust in you and there's a trust in the relationship. Yes. Goals, right. That's like great. this, there may be distance. There may be some time. Maybe we have a hard period. There's a hard phase that we're going through and that doesn't completely rock your core. Right. Like there's such yes. security in what you know about you, what you know about this person, what you know about the relationship and what you've established. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just talking with um, Nicole Walters about this, where yeah. it's this idea that I'm not going anywhere. Mm. You know, like we we talk about we both like found our rocks. Mm. Um, and I think for somebody myself who like experienced, you know, different childhood trauma and difficult relationships, like finding that person who's just reliable, consistent. I know they're going to be there. Um, it's been such a corrective emotional experience for me and creating secure attachment. Yeah. I feel like it's like such a blessing when you find someone who's very secure and like that within itself provides a safety for you to even become more secure. Yeah. You know, what comes up for me is like oftentimes people will think like, well, if I'm not secure, does that mean I won't get there? Or do I have to wait to become secure before I jump into a relationship? And of course, I think you and I would both agree that it's always important to be doing our own healing, uh, you know, going through our own journey. But also I feel like there's so much healing that comes within that relationship, like what you're saying. Yeah. And there's some healing I think that can only happen in relationships. Yeah. When we have like those experiences, it's like sort of like, you know, that exposure, right? To our own fears and having that corrective experience. Yes. I love that you bring that up because people will always ask that of how do I know when I'm ready to date or, you know, do I, do I need to heal more? So I I do think people need to realize like, there's no perfection. Right. Even as securely attached, that doesn't mean you're perfect. Yeah. Right. You're always learning. You're always growing. Um, but Shiva, I wanted to ask you as someone who really loves intentional dating yeah. and that topic, yeah. what do you tell people when they ask you, how do I know if I'm ready to date? Yeah. I love that. I mean, I, so I think a lot of it comes back to, checking in with ourselves and really seeing like, am I in a place for dating? Right? Like, what do I actually, am I in a place? Do I feel like I'm in a place where I'm open and available to someone else to being curious about someone else to establishing a relationship if that's what we're wanting. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think even before that, it's like asking ourselves, what is it that I'm even wanting? Right? Like, Mm -hmm. is it just someone to have fun with? Is it someone to really emotionally and deeply connect? Is it like a partnership, right? I think so often we get into the dating world and we just just go and have experiences based on what's happening in front of us, right? You may meet someone and they're like, oh, they just want to have fun. And so you may go with that. So it's more of a reaction to someone mm. else versus like, oh, I'm clear on what I want and I'm moving forward in that way. Um, I love it. I do think you, I think- You know, when I say, like, I feel like many of us do know, I think it's also, you know, of course, some people may be thinking, like, no, I actually don't know. Or, like, I feel really anxious about maybe I'm not ready. But I think it's also staying with that moment and seeing, okay, is it the worry? Is it the fear that's coming up for me that, you know, this won't go well or that I'm not ready enough, quote unquote? Or do I genuinely feel like 
I'm not in the place to be able to connect in the ways that yes. I want to, right? And those are two, because we may still, if we haven't been in the dating market for a while, you may not feel particularly ready, right? Like you may not feel like confident in that space, but it's when we move forward in ways that are aligned for us that we start to feel more confident. I love this so much because it's, it's so true. It's yeah. like, if, if it's fear, that's one thing, but if yeah. it's genuine, I don't have the capacity. Yeah. I don't have the energy, right? Yeah. Then that's, a, that's another thing. But you'll only know if you pause and take check the time in. to check in with yourself. Yeah. And then it's like the thing is like we could, you know, I think when we're thinking about intentional dating is really it is really that pause. It is really checking in with ourselves and then seeing like if I am in a place of wanting to date, like what is it that I'm wanting? Yes. Right? Let's go back to that because yeah. I love this idea because I always think about, OK, create the standards yeah. for your ideal partner. Yes, Thanks girl. so much for Hold tuning the in. Tell me some more with Dr. <laughs> Hold Chiba. the standards. And I then I always tell people the relationship space in your life is subscribe, share, and write me a five-star review on iTunes so that we can build this wonderful community and support others in living fulfilling lives. Important Just thing. a reminder that this podcast is information shared is solely for informational, so educational, space, and entertainment empty purposes. Space it's so not meant to be a substitute for mental health person. or medical treatment yeah. or advice. Like if you're looking for additional support in your journey, and, and this please comes out from knowing that I am Until enough next time without a relationship. Because right. so many of us get in that habit of like, oh, I have to fill the space, right? Right. But just just as you're saying, it's like intentional dating know what you want have the vision for it right. and totally. say no when it doesn't align with it yeah and say no and i think the other piece is like to to your point of like you know we fill up the space but i think it's we just have such a negative connotation associated with being single like yes and so i think it's even unwrapping that piece of like what do i what are the what is the story that goes through my mind and yes you know I am good single or not, like, you know, being in a relationship or not. Right. Um, so yeah, going back to that piece of like how we see ourselves and how we see what a relationship can do for us. Right. A lot of yes. times we overvalue. We um, do. Yeah. Uh, and we think that, oh, you know, the marriage, it's like once I'm married, then I'll be happy yeah. or then I'll be enough. Right. And, it's like, actually, you know, you, you get to create how you want to feel now. Yes. And yes, a partner can come in and they can give you more love. Right. But I always say, you know, a relationship cannot give you anything that you can't give yourself. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, and, that's true. and here's the thing people don't talk about that we should talk about. A lot of married people can miss their single seasons. Yeah. Like they look back on oh, that no. time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> It's like, it's funny because, you know, online dating, I think for many people is like super challenging, right? Like it's difficult. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you're on the apps, you don't know what people are looking for, different things. But it's like usually with people who I know who are married and I'll hear about certain experiences. I'm like, that actually sounds fun to them. Or right. Like they, going on that first date. Yeah, later. they want to swipe for yeah. you. They're like taking yeah, totally. your phone. They're like, let me swipe for you. <laughs> That's so funny. No, it's very true. I feel like in every season of our lives, we can think about ways to maximize that experience, right? Yes. So even if our intention is to get married, right? And you may not have found your person. Um, it's really seeing how can I maximize that experience? And I think also we don't focus a lot on like making ourselves more of the person that we want to be, right? Mm -hmm. Like that person that you're wanting to marry, making 
like checking with her, do you have those traits? And then maximizing that time, thinking about how can I, you know, focus on other areas of my life that are also meaningful with my girlfriends, with whatever it may be. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I feel like there in every season of life, we want to think about how can we make it even more meaningful to us? Yes. And there's all kinds of love available to us. I think sometimes we're just waiting for the romantic love to come, but you can feel into, you know, friends and family and it's like, love is so available to you. How you love yourself. Like I think people sometimes unconsciously, this is not intentional, but they're just waiting for their person to come in order to experience love. And it's like, no, love, love is everywhere. Oh, wait, but I will say, you know, I think, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of people wait for that person to like show up, right? Yeah. And like show up in this like really beautiful package, which, you know, um, yeah. sounds great. Like but, Amazon Prime. Yeah, Amazon delivery, Prime just order, for sure. Order a but, yeah, but I feel like um, with that, it's like, you know, intentionally dating is like putting ourselves out there and actually going after those experiences in the ways that we would, like if we're a super career oriented, we wouldn't wait yes. for that job to show up and we would probably get rejected to many positions from running right. positions. Right. And still you would continue and, and, you know, you would consult and you would check in with, I think like giving it that same energy, like, of course yes. it's different than our work lives. Um, but really seeing it as a process, right? A process that takes time until we find that right fit. And so that person is aligned with our values. Um, I think it's so important for sure. Yeah. I love that you bring this up because I'm sure you see this too. A lot of my clients still approach dating in a way that is not sustainable. Like it just, it's, and I think of it like a gym routine. Yeah. If you're going to, you have to show up, you have to show up consistently for long periods of time. Yeah. You know, so it can't be that like, four hour workout. Right. Like you can't go on like a weekend of just swiping for hours and hours. Of course you're going to get burnt out. Like dating has to feel good. It has to feel sustainable. So I feel like it's building that process for you so that you can continue it for as long as you need to. Yeah. For as long as you totally. And I feel no, hundred percent. You want to show up as your best self and you want to be in that best energy or most confident yes. self. in dating. It's like, how can I make this fun? Right? Like it's yes. intentional, but we want it to be fun. Um, you know, what I would love to focus on is like, I'm huge. And I know similarly for you, but like, I'm huge on self-compassion work. Yes. Like if you had talked to me six years ago, maybe during our post-talk, not so much, right? But like, you know, there's been a lot of growth there. Um, but I love self-compassion work and just focusing on self-soothing. Yes. Um, and I think dating or not, like if you think about it in your dating process or not, I think this is something that we would all benefit from doing more of. Like even yes. if you feel like you're particularly confident, I think, you know, we tend to respond so much more critically, so much har- more harshly towards ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if you're like swiping and it's not working out, like treating yourself, if like you would a best friend, right? Yes. Like giving yourself the same grace, the same understanding, compassion, um, because I feel like if someone were to share with me, like as a friend, like, you know, I've been swiping for four hours a day, like a friend would probably tell you like, no, like go live your life, go do yes. other things. Like this will happen. So I think in those moments, it's so important to like respond to ourselves with greater compassion. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I feel like you don't want to lose other parts of your life. Yeah. You're talking about like maintain your life and create the space for it. Um, and I love that idea of, Hey, 
talk to yourself like you would talk to your right. friend. Like you would hype your friend up. You'd be totally. like, you are such a freaking catch. Yeah. Anybody who and goes on a date lucky with you, to date you is so lucky. Facts. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah, you have to show up that way for yeah. you. Like 100%. you have to know it. Yeah. I think it, yeah. If there's one thing that I hope that people take away from our conversation is just like tuning in with yourself seeing where am I at? What do I need? Right? Like, what do I need to feel more supported in this phase of my life? Like, right. In relation to romantic relationships, in relation to speaking up and being more assertive in relation to our community, my communication, and then just offering yourself those pockets of support throughout the day. Yes. And, and that could mean anything, whatever is going to be most supportive to you. Oh, I love that you brought this up. I want to give the audience something like really tangible that they can do to apply this. Because with all my clients, I have them do this where you schedule a timer on your phone for three times a day and you're asking yourself two questions in a journal. So you're going to write it down. And the two questions are, what am I feeling? Uh So be really honest. Use the emotion words. What are you actually feeling? And then the next question is, what do I need to feel better supported? Oh, I love that. So I, I love what you said that. It's like, yeah. yes, that's what I have my clients do. So yeah, throughout the day, just tune in. Because I think a lot of us got disconnected from ourselves 100%. at one point. Yeah. Right. It's like, it doesn't just come naturally to be like, oh, what am I feeling? So for a lot of us, we have to intentionally yeah. reconnect to that inner experience. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, even if we haven't had gone through a lot of difficulties, maybe throughout our upbringing or whatnot, I feel like in the society that we live in, it's so fast paced. Yeah. Like social social it's media. It's easy to get yeah. disconnected at times. Like sometimes, you know, like you may be thinking like, I don't know how I feel or, you know, this feels awkward to take this pause. But I agree with you. I think it's just so powerful to like take that moment and just connect with yourself again in a deeper way. Um, yes. And yeah, offer yourself whatever you do need. Yes. And then when you get really good at doing that for yourself, you're also going to be better able to articulate yeah. what you need to a partner. Totally. Right. And then you're going to be better able to receive support from a partner as well. Yeah. Because I think that's also a learning curve of like being willing to ask and being willing to receive. Yeah. And if you can't do it with yourself, it's going to be really hard with someone else. Yeah. I can feel, no, totally. It can feel really challenging of like, how do I even ask for this? How, what is their response going to be? I feel like when we are feeling more supported, then you, you've sort of set the limit of what you're expecting, right? What does that support look like? What should it feel like? Yeah. Um, and of course the support from someone else may feel differently, but you will feel fulfilled in the process. Yes. Yes. And when you get good at showing up for yourself and then you're not only depending on that other person, it just takes the pressure off the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is one, um, like if you had to say like your favorite tip for, so let's say someone's getting into the dating world, like what's like, what would be the one thing as far as the tip that maybe they should consider or do or think a little bit more about? I would go back to what we talked about earlier, which is get clear on the vision that you yeah. have, the vision you have for your life, the vision that you have for your ideal partner. Yeah identify three core emotions of how you want to feel. 
You want to feel loved. You want to feel gently challenged by your partner. Yeah. You want to feel supported. Um, I really feel like a lot of people don't slow down enough to do that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So true. It's like I usually will encourage people to think of, you know, like the 10 things that are non-negotiables, the 10 things yes. that are nice to have, right? Yeah. Um, and then I, I oftentimes will be like, go through it again and see, is this really a non-negotiable? Yeah. Like usually people will put things on that are nice to have, right? And then being clear on like, okay, then what are my top three that I need to have in a relationship? Um, because yeah, that makes it e- even easier when you're on the day. If like you have, you know, like for me, kindness is super important. So if you're yes. on the day- and someone is presenting as the opposite as, as that, that's going to give you a ton of information of like, Absolutely. oh, well, they haven't hit these top three. Um, but I love that you focus on how you want to feel within that really. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Totally. This, this makes me think too, Shiva, I know you know about this of Esther Perel's work yeah. around, okay, your romantic partner cannot be everything to you. Totally. Yeah. Right. Like there's, certain- we went to a conference together, by the way. That's right. Pro- as student. Oh my gosh. You're so right. Yeah. Forever. Good times. Good times. But oh my saying. gosh. I love that. So yeah, it's like, I think Nowadays, a lot of people will put pressure on the relationship to be everything. Yeah. And no, you have to decide, well, what are the core things I want for my romantic partner? Yeah. And maybe there's things that I can get other needs met with my girlfriends or my family mm-hmm. or my work life, right? right. Like your, your romantic relationship cannot meet all of your needs. No, it's true. I feel like there's... And you have to really see what are my non-negotiables for a romantic Yes, exactly. Right? They they may be very different than a friendship. And so really being clear on what are my non-negotiables for that relationship. Yes. Um, no, I love that. I love that. I think that just having that greater clarity, um, approaching situations just more intentionally from the beginning, from the outset is so important. And then you'll yes. likely have more of the experiences that you're wanting. And the experiences that don't fit you'll easily be able to identify it, right? Absolutely. And, and filter through that. Absolutely. Um, which I, I think could be even helpful in the online world, right? Because people constantly feel like they're constantly filtering, but it's like, what are we filtering? So really being clear on that. Yes. Um, you know, I asked you this question, but I didn't really have a response ready. I was like, what would be my number one? No, I know. Um, I wanted to hear yeah, your response. No, I, I actually don't. So let me think about this, actually. I mean, as far as the number one tip, I think, Oh, I, what I would say is when you're on the date, checking in with yourself to see how am I feeling with this person? So similar to what you said. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because I think so often when we go on a date, we want to be liked, like, yes. right? You're focused. We're focusing many of us of like, how am I coming across? How may they yeah. be perceiving me? I hope we're, they like me. Yeah. I hope they like me. Even if the funny thing is, even if we don't like them, oftentimes yeah, we're like, we're hoping that they like <laughs> us. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> but, and like, we're trying to anticipate like, you know, how are they going to respond to this? Yeah. Right. And I think it's so important, um, to when you're on the date, really just taking the time to slow down and releasing how do I feel in this person's presence? Yes, girl. Yes. Am I enjoying this time, right? I mean, yes. I don't fully know them, but am I curious about them? Do yes. I want to get to know them more? Or do I feel like I need to maybe perform in a certain way, yeah. present in a certain way? What version of me is this coming bringing through? up? Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, you and I are seeing similar things, but really mm-hmm. tuning in to 
what is happening for you internally and the ways that you are feeling, I think that can give us a significant amount of information. It's Um, so true. I love like even on the date, just taking a moment uh, to pause and just be internal. Maybe go to the bathroom, whatever you got to do. But really, that's such important data. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know why it happens is like sometimes you may go on a you know, a day where you don't necessarily feel aligned, but then the person may reach out to you after you may feel really flattered and those emotions may take over. Right. 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 And so it's like, we want to be clear at every phase. Like I'm huge on taking inventory and I yes. want to take inventory of our own experiences and of the relationship, even on that first day. Like I agree. Tune in yes. And then let's take inventory as you throughout. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I love oh, it. I love Bye. it. Um, well, I want to, I know we have a little bit more time. I know we could talk for hours. I know. I was going to say, I feel like we needed to do this many more <laughs> We need another, we need another one. But I want to just let everybody know once again about your podcast. Oh, thank you. Tell me some more. She has a wonderful podcast out. You. you can find it everywhere podcasts are aired. Um, and I know it's just incredible content. So if you liked our conversation today, please make sure that you're tuning in to Dr. Shiva's show. Um, and then I also have a question that I always ask and guests. Dr. Morgan's podcast. <laughs> so please um, check in. I think both of us, and I would love for you to share a little bit more about Let's Get Vulnerable, but I think both of us are super passionate about relationships and yes. authentically. So you can probably find similar conversations on both of our podcasts. Yes. And um, I will say that Dr. Shiva is just a phenomenal human being. Aww. So much integrity, Aww. so much fun. Um, and I know that she really teaches teaches things in a way that you just relate to it and you get it. So I highly recommend her show. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I feel the same way. I, I, she's literally, I was literally going to be like, you are literally the best. Thank you. She's so supportive. (laughs) I think, um, I've loved your show and I've just been so inspired with everything that you've been doing. And I know you've been helping so many people. Um, so I'm just grateful to be doing this with you. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. What a blessing to have you in my life. I love it. For that postdoc year. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. And I have one question I always ask guests. So, you're walking down the street okay. and random person comes up to you and they're asking you for your best life advice of the moment. This doesn't have to be like of all time, but what would you say to that person today? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Okay. So someone asks me for my best life advice. Okay. Um, what I would say is you're right on time. You're not late. I mean, that sounds so cheesy. Oh, I love that though. Um, I think, you know, we can feel so pressured to want to hit a goal or to feel like we needed to have achieved something uh, by a specific, you know, milestone that's been identified by society. Yeah. And so I feel like wherever, regardless of wherever you are in your journey, career, health, romantically with yourself, um, reminding yourself that this is part of your journey and it will happen. I Where love that. Too. So you're right on time. You're right on time. Yeah. Trust the process. Yeah. Trust the process. Oh my gosh. Let me ask you one question also that I end with. And okay. We will I love it. Through. Yeah. <laughs> um, because now I'm curious, what would you say to your younger self? Ooh, the f- this is so funny. Shiva. Yeah. You will appreciate this. The first thing that came to mind was make sure you get like a good person to do your eyebrows. 
Like, that's literally what came to mind because I had nobody to get my eyebrows, like, that knew how to wax my eyebrows. But anyways, okay, on a more serious note. Oh, my gosh. That was too good. Eyebrows are important. Yeah, that is very true. I know for both of us, okay? Um, But other than that. So, in addition to that (laughs) life-changing advice, what else would you tell her? Okay. Other than that, um, I would say that... I, she, yeah, I just needed to know that I was enough, mm. that there was nothing wrong with me, um, that I was so worthy of love, and just that my my early childhood experiences did not define what relationships could be. Yeah. That even though I had really difficult relationships early on, that that had nothing to do with what was possible right. for me in relationships. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're an inspiration. I love that you said that. I think you've definitely demonstrated um, just the ability to just have such amazing relationships, but just who you are. And I've seen you grow so much and just, it's amazing seeing more and more of who you are. So it's shining through. So it's thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, so find a good person to do your eyebrows and trauma doesn't define you. Both yeah. of those things. And you can ultimately change your experience at any time. <laughs> yes, so you can. It's, it's like, never too late. Yeah. It's never too late. We always have choice. So I think yes. being clear and realizing that there's always a choice point and we can make yes. a different choice. Um, yeah. So remembering that. But Absolutely. Well, this has been so much fun. We have to do it again. So much fun. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> this was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. We'll I'm, have to do it again. We we absolutely will. Um, Dr. Marie, why don't you share where people can find you? Yes. Um, so I'm on Instagram yeah. at Dr. Morgan Coaching, Dr. Morgan Coaching, and then my podcast is the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. Yeah, okay. and you as well. Yeah. Sure. So I'm on Instagram at Dr. Shiva, and um, I'm on. Everywhere where podcasts are shared, I tell me some more with Dr. Shiba. Yes, so. and everyone go follow her if you're not already and make oh. sure you subscribe to her show. And I know we're going to have more collabs in the future because yeah. we've had so much fun. No, this is so much fun. We have to do it. Again. Yes, we will. Yeah. And I know that we're both wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Until next time. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Tell Me Some More with Dr. Shiva. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would mean a lot to me if you would subscribe, share, and write me a five-star review on iTunes so that we can build this wonderful community and support others in living fulfilling lives. Just a reminder that this podcast and the information shared is solely for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes. It's not meant to be a substitute for mental health or medical treatment or advice. If you're looking for additional support in your journey, please seek out a qualified professional. Until next time, everyone, talk soon. Bye.